0: Taiwan reported 1,209 local COVID infections on Friday, the highest daily tally since the start of the pandemic.
1: Despite the high number, so far this year, only 0.03% of COVID patients have developed moderate or severe symptoms, and about half of this group had not been fully vaccinated. The CECC says its current strategy is not to keep infection numbers low, but to prevent severe infections.
2: The local daily COVID tally broke past 1,000 on Friday. Taiwan reported a total of 1,209 local infections, a new high since the start of the pandemic. New Taipei reported the highest number of cases at 328. It was followed by Taoyuan with 290, Hualien with 146, Taipei with 140, and Kaohsiung with 58. The CECC had previously identified Taipei, New Taipei, Jilong and Taoyuan as high-risk areas. Now, Hualien and Kaohsiung are on the list as well.
3: From the current developments, we're seeing a larger wave of infections. Some people say we'll have one million infections accumulated eventually. That's not entirely impossible, but we will try to keep it under control as much as possible. The most important thing now is not the case count. What's important now is keeping numbers of severe cases low.
2: Health Minister Chen Shizhong said the key to managing COVID now was preventing severe symptoms and not focusing so much on total case numbers. Taiwan added 10 patients with moderate COVID symptoms on Friday. They were patients aged between their 40s and 80s. Their symptoms included pneumonia and low oxygen levels in their blood. Most of the patients had previously diagnosed cardiovascular conditions, high blood pressure, or chronic hepatitis B. So far this year, Taiwan has seen 29 patients with moderate or severe symptoms and 2 deaths with COVID, meaning only 0.03% of patients developed severe symptoms. Among them, 48% were not fully vaccinated.
3: At the start of this outbreak, we kept stressing that it's not about case numbers. It's about whether we can manage mild and severe cases separately, whether we have enough medication, and whether everyone is getting vaccinated or not. Those are the main things we are watching closely now.
2: Taiwan has more than 13,700 courses of oral COVID treatments in stock. So far, only 230 courses have been used up. In order to prevent hospitals from becoming overburdened, already New Taipei has launched a home isolation program for patients with mild or no symptoms. Kaohsiung has submitted an application to the central government to launch a similar program, and Hualien is preparing an application of its own.
1: With COVID cases surging, the CECC has announced a stricter vaccine mandate. Starting April 22nd, people in tour groups and pilgrimage groups will be required to have received a booster
0: boosters will also be required for patrons at gyms. Let's hear from the CECC.
2: We previously required two COVID vaccine shots for people in priority groups 1, 2, 3, and 7, along with employees of correctional facilities and funeral parlors. Now, starting on April 22nd, they must also get a COVID-19 booster. We also ask everyone to maintain social distance when spending time with strangers. If you are unable to keep a safe social distance or are in prolonged contact with strangers, for example, when participating in religious processions as part of a pilgrimage group or as part of a tour group, you should be boosted as well. Booster mandates have been in place for adult entertainment venues since April 1st. In gyms, if you can wear a mask, then wear it. But if you can't wear one, we won't require you to do so. If you want to take off your mask, you must be boosted.
0: Travelers in tour groups will need to provide proof of vaccination when signing up for the package. The booster requirements applies only when traveling with strangers. Groups of friends and families traveling together or students in graduation trips will be exempt from the rule. Taiwan is ramping up production of rapid tests as local COVID cases continue to rise. The government has announced its aims to requisition 40 million test kits a month until July, with the help of five local Medicaid
1: firms. Underscoring the urgency, the government has dispatched hundreds of soldiers to all five companies to help with production.
3: Rapid test kits have sold out, forcing customers to leave empty-handed. People phone in, but the pharmacist can't tell them when tests will be back in stock.
2: They've heard that there might not be tests left, so they hoard them.
3: At another pharmacy, the shelf for rapid test kits has been empty for a week. (laughs) Fortunately for the customers, rapid test kits are still available at many convenience stores and supermarkets. With COVID cases on the rise, the Executive UN has announced a plan to requisition them. <laughs>
2: I would especially like to thank all the personnel from the Ministry of National Defence who are helping with rapid test production. We hope to soon be able to produce 40 million tests every month to stabilise prices. We will also place big orders for importing tests from abroad.
3: Five manufacturers have joined a program to produce rapid tests for the government. The firm with the biggest output capacity is Tidoc Technology Corporation, which will produce about 30 million tests per month, during the requisition period of April to July. 600 soldiers have been stationed at two Thai plants. Together with more than 500 employees, they crank out test kits round the clock.
2: We hope that within two months, we can produce one million tests per day to produce 30 million tests per month. We've suspended their export in this initial period.
3: CDC Director-General Joel Jahal says that once supply is sufficient, the government will consider launching a rationing system to distribute test kits. The system would allow members of the public to purchase test kits at affordable prices at select times with their National Health Insurance card.
1: Amid a sharp rise of COVID cases in Hualien, the majority of events in the National Middle School athletic games have been postponed. The games were originally scheduled to kick off on Saturday in the East Coast City. Six of the sports competitions,
0: including tennis and archery, will go ahead as scheduled. But for all other athletes, Friday was a day to rush to cancel transport and accommodation arrangements.
2: At this TRA ticket counter, a sports coach hands over more than 20 tickets in exchange for a refund. Securing a large hotel room like this one was no easy feat, but now the booking has to be cancelled too. The National Middle School Athletic Games had originally scheduled to kick off on Saturday, but now they have mostly been postponed.
3: It's a huge blow. It was so difficult to book train tickets and accommodation, and now we have to cancel all of that. It really is a little troublesome. Everyone had planned around this, and now it's all postponed. This, of course, will have some impact on training. To protect our athletes, as well as their coaches, parents, and teachers, and after communicating with the Administrative Deputy Minister Lin from the Ministry of Education, we have decided to postpone the Games.
2: Hualien has seen rising COVID numbers in recent days, including a cluster detected at Hualien Hospital, which was originally supposed to offer medical support at the Games. Hualien Commissioner Xu Zhenwei on Thursday announced that most of the Games' sporting events will be postponed. Only six will go on as scheduled, including tennis, weightlifting, archery, and Taekwondo Pumsei.
3: For me, there's nothing I can be upset about. Above everything else, I care for children's health. Kids' health is the most important thing.
2: Despite all the preparations and precautions, athletes who had been itching to put their skills to the test will have to wait a little longer before they get the chance to compete.
0: To help Ukrainians who are fleeing the war, Taiwan and Poland are working together to hold a charity concert to raise funds for Ukrainian refugees.
1: The event is scheduled for April 17th at the National Concert Hall in Taipei and will feature works by Ukrainian and Polish composers. Our reporter Stephanie Yang has the details.
4: To help Ukrainian refugees, the Polish office in Taipei, Taiwan's Ministry of Foreign Affairs and the Taipei Philharmonic Foundation for Culture and Education have organized a charity concert for April 17th. The Solidarity with Ukraine concert will feature performances by Polish pianist Kamil Tokarski, Taiwanese soprano Ling Linghui, Taiwanese-American violinist Leda Chen and baritone Chen Hanwei.
2: I'm sure all of you have heard about Russia's invasion on Ukraine and its dire humanitarian consequences. In order to support those who escaped from the scourge of war to Poland and other friendly countries, Polish office in Taipei decided to co-organize the charity concert Solidarity with Ukraine.
4: pieces that will be performed is Prayer for Ukraine, a patriotic hymn composed by Ukrainian composer Mykola Lysenko. The musicians will also perform Prelude Op 33 number 1 by Sergei Borkevich, a Ukrainian born composer and pianist of Polish ancestry. We do have music pieces from Ukrainian composers and also Polish composers. In addition, we have Forest Requiem, which is a requiem to comfort people, not to terrify people with death like other agreements. This one is to comfort people. And also we do have a special piece, it's called Prayer for Ukraine. It is a simple prayer for Ukraine, the land, the people, and the ticket sale and also the donation will become a fund which is going to dedicate to the Ukraine people, especially for the refugees in other countries. Proceeds from the concert will fund relief work to help Ukrainian refugees. The charity concert will be held on April 17th at the National Concert Hall in Taipei. Organizers of the event hope that the concert will not only encourage more people to take action to help refugees, but also spread peace and love. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Huang Pongyu in Taipei.
1: President Tsai Ing-wen on Friday received a U.S. congressional delegation at the presidential office, led by Republican Senator Lindsey Graham. The bipartisan group is composed of six members from both chambers of the U.S. Congress.
0: During the meeting with Tsai, Graham said Washington would make China pay a greater price for what it's doing all over the world. Meanwhile, Robert Menendez, a Democratic senator in the delegation, revealed that the delegation had been under considerable Chinese pressure to cancel their trip.
3: Warm greetings and COVID-friendly elbow bumps. President Tsai Ing-wen met the American Congressional Delegation in her first public engagement since being released from isolation on Friday morning.
2: The members of this delegation represent the Senate and House of Representatives and hail from both political parties. This demonstrates that Taiwan enjoys strong bipartisan support throughout the U.S. Congress. You're all good friends of Taiwan. Thank you for your enduring support for Taiwan and the U.S. Congress. April 10th marked the 43rd anniversary of the Taiwan Relations Act, which makes your visit all the more meaningful. America
1: has been politically divided. Uh... But I want you to know when it comes to Taiwan, we're united. The Russian invasion of the Ukraine and the Communist Chinese uh, provocative behavior has united America unlike any time I've seen in recent memory. We're here to show support for what we love.
3: This congressional delegation is bipartisan, with representatives from both houses of Congress. It includes several political heavyweights. Delegation leader Lindsey Graham sought the Republican presidential nomination in 2016 and is influential within his party. He was also a co-sponsor of the Asia Reassurance Initiative Act of 2018 and helped Taiwan secure a purchase of F-16 fighter jets from Washington. Democrat Robert Menendez is chairman of the Senate Committee on Foreign Relations and co-chair of the Congressional Taiwan Caucus. He has also co-signed various Taiwan-friendly bills, such as the Asia Reassurance Initiative Act and the Taipei Act. The other four in the delegation, Robert Portman, Richard Burr, Ben Sass and Ronnie Jackson, have also voiced support for Taiwan in the past. Their visit to the Indo-Pacific region and to Taiwan in particular aims to show the U.S. support for Taiwan, especially amid the Russia-Ukraine war.
2: Russia's invasion of Ukraine has proven that democracies must bolster their alliances and that collectively we can defend ourselves from the threat of authoritarian nations that seek to disrupt regional peace.
1: The people of Taiwan have sent almost $40 million worth of assistance to the people of Ukraine. The Communist Chinese Party, President Xi, has aided and abetted the war criminal Putin. We're going to start making China pay a greater price for what they're doing all over the world.
3: Delegation members said they had faced opposition from China over the Taiwan trip.
1: The Chinese government issued to our offices and publicly a communiqué that they are very unhappy that we are here. But that did not dissuade us from coming and it won't dissuade us in the future in supporting Taiwan.
3: China's opposition to the visit did not deter the politicians, but in fact still their determination towards supporting Taiwan. The delegation's Taiwan itinerary was less than a day, but they didn't leave without a taste of local cuisine. After their arrival on Thursday night, the representatives were treated to popular brands of guabao and sweet tangyuan, thanks to arrangements by the presidential office. After five years of imprisonment in China, Taiwanese
0: human rights activist Li Mingzhe has finally returned home.
1: The NGO worker, who had been accused by China of subversion of state power in 2017, arrived in Taiwan on Friday morning. In a Facebook post, Li thanked everyone who had helped him. Now in quarantine, he said that isolation in the two nations was very different. He said that in Taiwan, he felt hugged by love, while in China, he felt overwhelmed with terror. In a statement, his wife said the activist would give a press conference about his time in China after his quarantine period is over. Are you a fan of pecans? The sweet and buttery nut has a strong connection with the U.S., which produces 80% of global supply.
0: The American Institute in Taiwan recently held a special event to highlight the many uses of the floral, foresty-tasting nut.
2: Bread, flavored butter, frozen honeyed yogurt, caramel apples and potato chip appetizers, or even candy floss with sandwich cookies. All these sweets have been made by Michelin star chef Angela Lai using American pecan nuts. This pecan sauce ice cream is very special, featuring slivers of pecans soaked in vinegar.
3: We blanch the pecans after slicing them, and then soak them in vinegar with some cinnamon, star anise and ginger.
2: The sweet and sharp combo was a hit with AIT director Sandra Odkirk. The AIT held this event to promote American pecan nuts on April 14th, which is Pecan Day in the U.S. Pecans are usually reserved for desserts, salads and garnishes over there, but Lai designed an entire menu of innovative dishes based on the ingredient.
3: Um, throughout my childhood, my grandparents who lived in Oklahoma had this enormous pecan tree in their yard. And so every year um, at the holidays we got this big like burlap sack of unshelled pecan nuts and then would spend sort of the school holidays cracking the, the shells and then, and then we would eat them and bake them with my mom.
2: Odkirk has lots of fond memories eating pecans as a child. They make a very nutritious snack. The U.S. is the world's number one producer of pecans, producing 140,000 tons a year, 80% of the global market. According to the AIT, Taiwan imported an unprecedented volume of nuts from the U.S., 12,000 tons. Most people in Taiwan are more familiar with almonds, walnuts, and pistachios, but the pecan is growing on Taiwan's palate. Last year, sales grew 70 percent.
0: Prenuts are actually increasing in Taiwan. Some of that is going into the bakery industry and really the people that are interested in even at-home baking. So 2021, Taiwan was actually our sixth largest market for U.S. agricultural products.
2: Taiwanese consumers are more and more amenable to imports from the U.S. The AIT clearly hopes Taiwan-U.S. trade and relations will carry on growing deeper roots. Mother's
1: Day will be here in less than a month. Every year, the holiday is a major event at bakeries and cafes where themed goodies fly off the shelves. This
0: year, more than ever before, bakers want to make Mother's Day memorable. Sculpted cakes based on luxurious themes are popping up across the country.
5: Chocolate shaped like a perfume bottle and lipstick are placed on a pastel pink strawberry cake. As Mother's Day approaches, many chain cafes and bakeries are launching show-stopping themed cakes like this. Last year, this cafe sold 200,000 cakes, and this year the goal is
2: 210,000. The main theme this year is fashion. As the shape of the cake, it's very eye-catching. We expect sales volume to increase by about 3 percent compared to to last year and profits to increase by at least 5%.
5: Patisserie chefs at 85C Bakery Cafe have gone to town with a Queen's crown cake. At Starbucks, ringed biscuits are filled with strawberry and passion fruit to balance out the sweetness. Felicitas Patisserie is offering these 3D tulips made of piped icing. Tartine has launched a cake decorated with a glowing flower crown.
2: This year, a Mother's Day sculpture cake not only contains the number one collagen powder from Japan, but also has decorative flowers made of sweet bean, Korean style.
5: the bakery wants customers to enjoy the spectacular look of the swinking crown as much of the upgraded fillings of this year's cake. The bakery is aiming to shift one thousand of these crown cakes and give moms a little thank you for all their hard work.